Turn with me to Genesis 39. Genesis 39. Have you ever had one of those days where everything seemed to go wrong? Uh, you wake up in the morning and you stub your toe on the bed and uh, you, you run into the side of the doorway, you know, and you say, what, well, preacher, are you drunk? You know, what's going on here? <laughs> but uh, we, we've all had those days and it just seems like, you know, Murphy's Law is operating and, and things are going wrong. Joseph had a whole season of his life that was like that. Everything seemed to be going wrong on the outside, but God was with him, and God was still God. And I'm grateful that there are scriptures like this uh, that we're going to look at here tonight, and like the book of Job. Job, he was a righteous man, and yet uh, he lost his children, he lost his wealth, he lost his health. All of these things were going wrong in his life, but can I tell you something? God is still God. <laughs> God is still God in the seasons of our lives that are difficult and hard. He knows right where we are. He knows right where we're going through and how to help us. Joseph has been sold into slavery, um, and now he is in Egypt. He's been uh, purchased by Potiphar, the captain of the guard, and he is serving in Potiphar's house. Um, apparently, he may have gotten promoted from working outside to working inside. But he, he's, he's working and God is with him and is blessing his work. And Potiphar finally just puts him in charge of everything. He says, he says look, except for my food, um, you know, pretty much you, you got the run of the house. Uh, you organize, you purchase, you do what you need to do uh, to help this home and, and all that I have to run efficiently. And... God was just blessing him marvelously, and he was doing such a great job. And, and Pilate recognized that God's hand was with him. But then Potiphar's wife casts an eye upon Joseph. Apparently, Joseph is the only man in the Bible that this description, the exact description that's given here, uh, is given of a man. In several places, it's given of a woman, but, that they were uh, beautiful to look at, but also beautiful of form. But Joseph, I don't know if he, maybe he looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger and he had big muscles. I don't know. But he was a good-looking man. And his master's wife notices him and propositions him. Sleep with me. He says, no, he says, he says how could I do this? My master has entrusted everything to me. How could I do this? How could I sin against God? I can't do this, this wicked thing. But day by day, she kept after him. And finally, he, he, wouldn't, even let, he wouldn't even be with her. He wouldn't even uh, spend time with her. But finally, one day, he is working in the interior part of the house. And everybody else is out of earshot. She finds him. She grasps a hold of him and says, sleep with me. And he, he got out of there. He just left his garment there in her hand, he cuts out toward the outside and uh, gets out of there. Um, and she's sitting there with his garment in her hand, and she thinks, hmm, I need to come up with a story here. So she calls the servants, and she said, could you believe what this Hebrew has done? 
my husband brought this guy into our house and he has tried to rape me. And I cried out and he ran to the outside, but I kept a hold of his garment. Then when her husband gets home, he doesn't, she didn't mention the rape part to him. Uh, but she says, he tried to sleep with me and I cried out and he left and his, his robe in my hand. And apparently Joseph has given his side too. Because Potiphar doesn't have him put to death. A lot of times servant would be put to death for such a thing. But he puts him into the prison. Literally the house of the round <laughs> is a special prison for the uh, officials, government officials uh, there in Egypt. And God puts him in exactly the place he needs to be so that God can fulfill his purpose for his life. And it says that while Joseph's in the prison, God is with him. Again, this phrase, God is with him. God is with him. And God is blessing the work of his hands. And again, the jailer promotes him over everything. And puts the jail, he's in charge of all the jail and in charge of all the prisoners. And he's, he's organizing things. And interestingly enough, God has done this in Joseph's family. He's given the coat of many colors and the, the long sleeve coat of, of uh, nobility and authority. Um, and then he is in authority in, Pilate, in Potiphar's house. And then he is in authority in the jail. All these things are preparing him for God's purpose for his life. And uh, God has arranged all these things. But God, God is still God. It, it, and I, I remember years ago reading uh, F.B. Meyer's uh, account of, of this story. And he says, he says uh, you know, uh, he, tell, he interprets the dreams and everything. And he's, he's um, waiting for somebody to deliver him. And just looking with expectation each time the door opens. And finally, possibly just gives up. Now, of course, that's, that's all speculation. But... We don't know, but, but probably Joseph went through some great struggles in this time, as good an attitude as he had, but God was with him, and God sustained him in his life. So the time of message is Yahweh is still God. Uh, we need to trust him in the circumstances of life. So look with me at verse 1 of uh, Genesis 39. Now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guards, bought him from the Ishmaelites. He had brought him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, serving in the household of the, his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household and placed all that he owned under his authority. From the time that he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was on all that he owned, in his house and in his fields. He left all that he owned under Joseph's authority, and he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after some time his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, Sleep with me. But he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house. He has put all that he owns under my authority. 
No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. So how could I do this immense evil and how could I sin against God? Although she spoke to Joseph day by day, he refused to go to bed with her. Now one day he went into the house to do his work and none of the household servants were there. She grabbed him by his garment and said, sleep with me. But leaving his garment in her hand, he escaped and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment with her and had run outside, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, my husband brought a Hebrew man to make fools of us. He came to me so he could sleep with me, and I screamed as loud as I could. When he heard me screaming for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. She put Joseph's garment beside her until his master came home. Then she told him the same story. The Hebrew slave you brought to us came to make a fool of me. But when I screamed for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, These are the things your slave did to me. He was furious and had him thrown into the prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority. And he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden did not bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and the Lord made everything he did successful. So Yahweh is still God. How do we see that Yahweh is still God? First of all, I want you to see his enduring presence. His enduring presence. Verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 3, the Lord was with him. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph. I am so grateful for the enduring presence of God. Uh, listen, if you know Jesus Christ, you've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been adopted into the family of God. You have eternal life, and it's not life until you mess up. It's eternal life. You are forever the son or daughter of the Most High God. And that will never change. And God will never leave you. Uh, God promises that in the Old Testament. He promises it in the New Testament. Jesus has said uh, in the book of Hebrews, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God has promised to be with us whatever may come. And praise Him for it. Uh, You know, Joseph was away from his family. That had to be hard. Uh, Now, some of his brothers, he might have been glad he was away from them. But... uh, he, he was away from his family. He was in a strange place. They spoke a strange language. It must have been incredibly difficult for him. But God was with him. Uh, my mother worked in a, in a daycare center in Oak Ridge for a while. And there was a, a little Chinese girl who came in there. And her daddy was working at one of the plants. And uh, she was, was crying. because She couldn't understand anything anybody was saying. She, she didn't understand the language. And she was all alone, and she was here at this daycare center. And my mom kind of took her under her wing, and they became buddies. And, and eventually, the little girl learned to speak some English and everything. But uh, what, a, what an incredible challenge uh, to be in a strange place like that. Um, Joseph was also a slave. 
And even though he was a slave who had been promoted and was working in a home, uh, he was still a slave, and that had to be difficult as well. Uh, then he's thrown into a prison. That had to be difficult. But every stage of his life, God is with him uh, and never forsakes him, never gives up on him. Uh, there have been a few times I thought, you know, Lord, why don't you just give up on me? <laughs> I've got these hang-ups, Lord. I, uh, I, I mess up. Why have you... Uh, continued to be gracious to me and continued to, to bless me. But God is just, he's good, and he sticks with us, and he is faithful to us, and he never leaves us, um, and, and we can trust in him. Um, now, there may be times you don't experience the manifest presence of God because uh, of a choice to sin or, or something like that, but but God never leaves, and and. Even in, in Job's case, he says, Lord, I, I'm looking for you. Where are you? And it, God was right there. He, he knew exactly what was going on in Job's life. He knew exactly uh, the reasons for it and what his plan was for Joseph, I mean for, for uh, Job. And, uh, and God never left him. I'm so grateful that God is always with us. Uh, we've had a couple of funerals lately. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, if, you, if you stick around long enough, your friends and your family begin to die. But I'm going to tell you something. The Lord Jesus Christ will never leave you. He'll always be there. And one day when we, when we die and we pass into his presence, he'll still be there. <laughs> and we'll be in his presence, in the unveiled presence of God forever. Uh, what an encouragement that is in difficult times of life. Yahweh is still God. How do we know it? Well, we see his enduring presence. Secondly, we see his supernatural prospering. His supernatural prospering. Um, Verse 3, when the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made everything he did successful. You see, God was prospering. Everything in his hand. It's as though he picks up something to do it and God just says, okay, I'm going to bless you with this. I'm going to bless you with this. And He causes him to be prosperous. Did you know that God is involved in our work? God is involved in the things that we do. Uh, You pick up something to do, you can pray and ask God for help. Um, God is blessing uh, Joseph's work and uh, and everything that he's doing. Uh, He has supernatural help, supernatural wisdom in what he is doing. Um, there were two guys that helped to do the, the furniture in the tabernacle. And uh, they were given a, a gift of craftsmanship. And, and the things they made for, for the tabernacle were all this uh, woodworking, this uh, working with precious metals and, and tapestry, the, the coatings and the coverings and everything of the, of the tabernacle. Just exquisite work. And God had given them that ability to do these things with their hands. And uh, they would pick up something, and, and, and they had that ability. Listen, uh, God can grant you ability in every area of life. Now, here's the thing. God will grant you ability in what he desires you to do. And he will, as you trust him, as you rely upon him, he will help you. Um, sometimes we rely on ourselves, don't we? Um, I think, well, you know, I've learned how to do such and so, and I, you know, and uh, uh, I've learned as a pastor, when I, when I get confident in myself, I fall on my face. And uh, I, 
I remember, I remember one time I, was, I had prepared this message. I was so excited about it. I was, I was ready to preach. And I thought, man, people are just going to love this. This is so good. And I was so excited about it. I mean, it was like a dead sea. I had slack jaws. I had people counting tiles on the ceiling. I mean, they were bored out of their minds. And it's like God is saying, okay, you've got confidence in yourself. You forgot to pray. You forgot to ask me to bless this. You, you forgot to trust me. Uh, listen, we're in a spiritual work, and, and uh, God, as we call upon him, will help us in accomplishing the things he's called us to do. And uh, then there have been other times where I have felt so inadequate. I thought, you know, I remember one time I was sitting on the, uh, the stage thinking to myself, I've got asthma. I've got seven points to my... Back then I didn't use... I, I write brief notes in my Bible uh, now, but back then I didn't do that because I felt like God wanted me to preach without notes for a while. I didn't have notes, and I couldn't remember a single point. I said, God, I can't breathe. I can't think straight. You're going to have to do this or it is not going to happen. And I, I remember I stepped in the pulpit and it was like God just cleared my mind and I preached my message and everything went, went well and, and uh, closed it. And as I was standing there during the invitation, I could feel everything closing off again. <laughs> it's like God, God opened me up just for that specific time. Uh, but God can supernaturally help us. Are you parenting children or, or have you got grandchildren that you're concerned about? God can give you supernatural wisdom. Ask him for it as you try to influence these kids for Jesus Christ. Um, have you got problems that you're facing in your finances or uh, at your business? Ask God about it and, and ask him for that wisdom. So, so Joseph has this supernatural prosperity upon his life and uh, the Bible says that the Lord made everything he did successful everything in his hand God blessed he was under the favor of God um, so Yahweh still God how do we see that we see his enduring presence we see his supernatural prospering thirdly we see his continuing favor verse 4 Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Now, his master was not a believer in Yahweh. But Yahweh uses his master to help prepare Joseph for the purpose for his life. And he causes his secular master to treat him with favor. Joseph had favor in his family, didn't he? He was his father's favorite son. Or whether that was wise or not for the father to show that is another question. But he had favor in his family. Then Now he's got favor with Potiphar. Then he has favor with the jailer. And he's going to have favor with Pharaoh. And all of this is because the hand of God is working in his life to bring about God's purpose. Did you know you can pray that God will grant you favor with people? Uh, that's a good thing to do, especially if you've got somebody that doesn't like you. So, Lord, would you grant me favor? Help me, to, help me to love this person, help me interact with this person. Would you grant me favor? Uh, or if there's something coming that you, you're not sure how it's going to go, you can pray for favor. But God, God granted Joseph this favor for his purpose. 
I, I think about Daniel. We've been talking about Daniel on Wednesday nights. We're almost done with Daniel, but uh, Daniel was granted favor, wasn't he? Uh, he he goes to the to the fellow that's over uh, the the different officials that they're training and. Uh, says, listen, we don't want to eat the king's meat. Would you let us eat vegetables? And God grants favor, and, and he responds well to Daniel. Um, God is working and moving even in these crisis situations that they find themselves in. Um, so God can bring the favor that we need to fulfill the purposes that he has. Did you know that God holds the heart of a king in his hand and turns it whichever way he wants it to go? My mother used to play this dirty trick on my dad. She would, when he would do something that she didn't think was a good idea, she would pray that God would change his mind. And God would do it. <laughs> my wife play, prayed the, the same dirty trick on me. Uh, and uh, but, but, uh, we laugh about that, but it is true. God can change the hearts of people. Uh, so so pray, pray that God will be at work uh, to do that. But especially in those, in, when God is seeking to use you for a specific purpose, pray for favor in fulfilling that purpose with the people that you're going to interact with. And God will work and move uh, to help you in your situation. So... <clears throat> Yahweh's still God. How do we see that? We, we, uh, we see his enduring presence, his supernatural prospering, his continuing favor. And I love this, his sovereign control. His brothers had betrayed him, sold him in, into slavery. His master's wife has lied about him and falsely accused him. His master is furious. Verse 19, he's not just mad, he's furious. Now, it doesn't say at whom, <laughs> but chances are there's a measure of fury pointed at Joseph. Maybe there's some fury for his wife, too, if he suspects that something's not quite right. But he has him thrown into the prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in the prison. Now, Joseph didn't know this because he didn't have the book of Genesis when he was going through this. Um, but we know this. God has put him in exactly the place he needs to be. He uses be the betrayal of his brothers. He uses the false accusations of his master's wife uh, he uses the fury of his master to accomplish God's purpose. I love what uh, one of the prophets said. He, said. he calls Nebuchadnezzar. God says, Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. Wait a second. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't believe in, in God. Nebuchadnezzar is not a believer in Yahweh. How can you say Nebuchadnezzar, my servant? Because he's in God's hand. He's used for God's purpose. God, I love what Joseph says later on. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Did you know that horrible, mean, ugly person that's treating you poorly may be God's instrument of blessing for your life? 
may be the, the way that God opens a door to his purpose. You say, well, you don't know what's happened in my past. Could it be that in your past, God is preparing you for the role he's going to have you play? What could Joseph have learned through the betrayal of his brothers? Probably how to be more discreet in what he said, right? <laughs> uh, I think even the false accusations of his master's wife could have taught him some things about how to be careful in his relationships with people, right? Uh, so God prepares him. God puts him in the place where he needs to be. But everything seems out of control. Have you ever felt helpless in a situation? I can't help but think that Joseph must have had some moments where he felt helpless. Felt like he was a pawn and, and life was just kind of happening to him. He had no control over what's going on. You ever felt that way? Just felt powerless? But all the while that all these things were happening, God was weaving together his plan in Joseph's life. And, and he was utterly in control of what was going to happen. Later on, he's going to find that God is utterly control even in Pharaoh's palace. <laughs> uh, he's going to use Pharaoh and his servants again to bring Joseph to the place where he needs to go. Listen, God's in control. I, I, don't, I don't care. Listen, we need, to, we need to be informed. We need to vote. We need to do all these things and be good citizens. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. Ultimately, God's in charge. Whoever is in the White House, whoever's at the Congress, whoever's in, involved in, in, in these, these government positions, God is in charge. He rules over the affairs of men. And whoever your boss is at work or whoever, whatever the, the circumstances may be, God is ultimately in charge and has a plan. Uh, and he takes the evil of this world and he, he takes it and uses it for good. Now, I don't believe he causes the evil. I've heard some people say, well, God causes the evil. I don't, I don't think he does. The Bible says that uh, God doesn't tempt to evil uh, because God's righteous. Uh, and, and I don't believe God ever causes evil. But in his sovereignty, he allows it. And then he takes it and uses it for good. I love what Romans 8 says. God works all things together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Well, well you say, preacher, how could God possibly use this situation in my life for good? I don't know, but he is. He is. Um, it's going to be interesting one day. We probably won't care. When we get to heaven, if things will be so wonderful, we're probably not even going to care. But if we did care, we could ask God and say, Lord, what, what was that all about? And I think it'd be interesting to see how God worked and, and, and what God did uh, to, in his sovereign plan to bring about his purposes through the things in life that we just don't understand. Job didn't understand much of any of it. I've read the book of Job, and I don't understand much of any of it. But uh, uh, we do know this, that God loved Job. God had a plan for Job, and ultimately, uh, the glory of God came about through Job's experience, and uh, God's glory uh, can be revealed through the experiences in our lives.
we may not know, but, but that's where faith comes in. We trust God, and we ask God, Lord, sustain my trust. God, enable me to trust you in this struggle that I'm going through and to, to believe that uh, you're at work. And even if I don't understand all the ins and outs of it, that you have a plan. Um, and we rest in God. We talked about peace this morning. I think that's one way you have peace. You just trust God. You know, if, if you live a while, you begin to see, well, I thought this would be better, but God did this over here, and you know what? He was right. <laughs> he, he knew what he's talking about. Have you ever scratched your head and thought, well, go, boy, God, I, I never would have dreamed. Uh, but it makes sense because he's God and we're not. He knows what he's doing. And sometimes you just got to trust. And I, I remember uh, Megan when she was little, I had to, most of the time Sherry would take her to those appointments, and God bless Sherry, thank, thank God for her. But I had to one time, Sherry was out of town, and she had to get her blood taken. And the lady made me hold Megan down. And I remember she just looked up at me and just looked like of utter betrayal. What are you doing to me? How could you possibly do this to me? And she was just, she was shocked. She was bewildered, and she's like, you know, in that little expression, I could see uh, I'm disappointed in you, you know. And uh, uh, sometimes I think it, it's like that with us and God. We, you know, we just completely misunderstand what's going on, but God has good purpose, and he knows what he's doing. He is in sovereign control. He is still God, no matter what may be going on in our lives. So we're called to trust him. How do we see that Yahweh is still God? We see his enduring presence, his supernatural prospering, his continuing favor, and his sovereign control. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us trust you in the circumstances of life, Lord, when we don't understand and when we're perplexed about things. Help us remember that you're in charge. And help us rest in you and in, in your sovereign power and your perfect wisdom and in your perfect plan. And help us to trust that when people mean it for evil, you mean it for good. And that you can take it and use it for your purpose. Father, if there's someone here tonight that doesn't know Jesus Christ, I pray that tonight would be the night they put their trust in Jesus. And we pray it in his name.